share the word of God with us. Thank you, Julian. Good morning, everybody. Great to be with you in the city. We didn't know it was uh, missions offering Sunday for the campuses, but I was praying for all the campuses this morning. Really felt it on my heart. And uh, so that is cool. So uh, we're here this morning, and what we want to do today is not try to preach a message to you. Uh, we feel like we just like to make the next 30 or 40 minutes like a ministry time. So uh, Greta and I have both been asking the Lord for a prophetic word for you as a campus, and also there may be a few words for individuals, and then we'll see what the Holy Spirit does at the end. Does that sound good? And uh, that'll be great. So, uh, honey, can you kick off? All right. Just before I do, uh, I just felt this for, for um, a few individuals, just very simple things. But when you, you're facing this, it's, it's, um, it's a big thing. It's not a, a small thing. Um, I just feel, I'm not going to ask you to identify yourselves at all. Um, I feel someone here is feeling really disheartened. And Jesus says to you, take heart. Take heart. I have overcome the world, and I have overcome whatever you are facing right now. And some of you, um, one or two, have been feeling discouraged by your circumstances, and the Lord wants to say, take courage, take courage. I am with you. Be bold and very courageous um, because I am here to help you. A couple have grown weary in well-doing. Hebrews 12, 12, strengthen your tired hands and weak knees. And Isaiah 40, well-known verse, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and increase in power. And then the, the last one, uh, one or two have just become too focused on their own shortcomings. And I know I have to this off in, my, in myself as well. We, we're so aware of our inadequacies and you think, um, you feel, well, what can I do? But get your eyes back on Jesus. You know, we are church unlimited and the church is not unlimited because of us. It's because of him. He is the one that is unlimited. There is no limit to what he can do through you. And Jesus delights to use anybody and everybody. And to me, that is such great news. Have faith in the power of God and not in your own power. And you know, these above things can um, lead into a tendency to be passive. And we need to all be proactive and be galvanized into action. And if there are those that feel a bit tempted about, oh, we'll leave stuff to the big campus, you know, out west, because they, they are large, they will do it all. Um, we need to not think like that. We need to own um, the assignment that God has given us to be here, and we, we need to know and take that responsibility and we need to know that, that each one of us here, you are part of the solution, God's solution to the city, wherever you happen to be in your, your daily life. So, in light of that, 
what I want to share today, and in actual fact, it's already been said, I'm just going to be affirming what has, um, th the word that, that we have already heard so far today, is that God wants us to really catch his heart and catch the fire. And I'll be looking at this at the global and the local level as well. I noticed that word passion coming out so many times. God passionately loves the world. He has great compassion for the lost and the broken. Every single person matters to God. They, he really, really cares because he knows every single person. And the longing of his heart, he wants us to catch his heart. And his great longing, we see in 1 Timothy 2.4, Father wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. God is after the salvation of, of our families, our communities, our towns and cities, our nation and the nations of the world. It's the global and the local. And his passionate love burns like a fire in his heart. And he wants our hearts to burn with that same fire. He calls the church to partner with him in this great mission. And every single one of us, without exception, has a vital part to play. And that is why there is a lot of stirring going on. And I know that some of you have the fire that God wants to take it to new levels. And those of you where it's feeling like it's just a little, a wee, a little weak flicker of a flame, God wants to send it up into a mega blaze. He, he, he always has more for us. But I, I, a while back, I had this vision of a giant stirring spoon, a wooden spoon like you'd stir a, a stew with. And it was, it was like a huge, huge tree, as tall as a tree. It was enormous. And then I heard these words, the Holy Spirit, the great stirrer. And what is he stirring? Across the earth, the Spirit of the Lord is stirring the nations. He is actually preparing hearts to receive the gospel. The Holy Spirit is also stirring, awakening in his people everywhere. Because he is saying, you know, wake up, rise up, come and take your place, come and take your stand. God is raising up an army, an international army of burning ones. He is stirring in hearts a fire of more love and more passion for Jesus because this is where it starts. That is why it's so important that we always make as our number one priority in our lives that, that um, intimacy with Jesus, the number one thing every day. Because the deeper I love Jesus, the more I carry his heart. Radical lovers make the best revolutionaries. And a revolutionary is simply a change agent. Father is after revolutionary change in the nations and including our nation that is in desperate need of God because he is saying it is time for a shift, it is time for change. The Spirit of the Lord is stirring a fire of passionate, faithful prayer. And Church Unlimited is known for its, its, its fiery prayer. 
God is doing this across the world. There's a global pre-revolution rising up, but he is calling all of us to new levels of prayer and fasting to birth his purposes and will in the earth. It's, it's ramping up because, as you know, everything begins in prayer. The victory is won in prayer because intercession is an invitation to God's divine intervention. 2 Chronicles 7.14, the Lord has even given visions to, to underline the importance of, of this word that I've seen in whole nations um, where a vision of people on their knees saying, humbling themselves and praying, seeking God's face and that promise that I will hear and I will heal their land. And that is what God is looking for across our nation, that the, that, that the whole church across our nation will catch the fire. They need to catch the fire of passionate prayer. So that, and, and that I want to be able to see, I've seen that, um, God do this in two nations. I want to see it in our own nation, this vision of people humbling themselves on their knees, praying with the fire that God would come and divinely intervene and turn this nation around, that, that God would be our Lord of this nation. If you remember that word, that prophetic word, release the roar I shared last year, the roar of your intercession carries great power because the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Just be reminded of that, that it's your roars. We're singing about breakthrough. Your roars will release the breakthrough in your own lives, in this city, in the, this nation, and the nations of the world. Our prayers do have the power to influence the future destiny of nations. God, God the Holy Spirit, is fashioning us all into powerful prayer warriors. And, wow, I was so in, encouraged by, by Pastor Paul in Kataya, 50 children giving their hearts to, to the Lord. Include the children and teenagers in the praying. Never too young to pray. You know, the Welsh revival, the Hebrides revival, it started with a little group of young people, 14-year-olds crying out to God, and the Spirit came and revival broke out. And then the final thing, the Spirit of the Lord is stirring a fire of zeal for mission in God's people everywhere. This pray and go, it's the pray and go, it's a two-pronged strategy. Prayer and mission are like two hands intertwined together. They, they can't be separated because God is after exponential expansion of the kingdom of God on planet Earth. The Lord is, he spoke through a dream about William Carey. And you, you, some of you will know who he is if you don't go read up on him. That he is raising up a new generation of passionate, there's that word again, mission-hearted men and women with a passion to reach their generation. We are the generation alive, that is you and me. And we are part of a huge host of men and women like William Carey to be God's change agents, to be reformers and people of influence. 
You have the power to walk into your workplace and pray, and you can change the atmosphere because you carry the presence of Jesus. You are called to be a kingdom influencer, sometimes just by your shining smile, your face of Jesus shining out of you. Even sometimes you don't say a word. And you are called to bring transformation in people's lives as the Holy Spirit gives you an open door to share the gospel. Get, make sure you are trained to know how to share the gospel, the good news of life and hope with, with anybody. So there is globally a new wave of missions coming and with it a team of intercessors to work with them. And of course, Church Unlimited as, as with all the campuses are to be part of this global network of mission-sending churches at a whole new level, our local and internationally. And as I've said, this mission involves all believers, so we must be proactive, not passive, because God's saying, mobilize and go. And God is, is, is equipping us. He's giving us a fire of boldness to be his burning witnesses in, in the way we live our lives in, the, in, in, a, in a clean, upright way with, with our words, with our actions. And he is also giving us that fire power of signs, wonders, and miracles to accompany the gospel. 2016, um, you, I don't know if you remember, I shared this is a new era of evangelism for the salvation of the nations. And this year, I read this prophecy from Ken Clement that confirms it. He said this about Billy Graham. Your death will bring the raising up of great evangelists in this time. In the death of Billy Graham and Oral Roberts, a veil shall be torn that shall bring evangelism to the earth like never before. This is what the times we are living in. The Lord is releasing a fire for evangelism, both into the hearts of the evangelists, but all believers everywhere. And as leadership wait on God, he will download new strategies, evangelism on the streets, on the campus, in, in the business and workplaces, etc. The harvest momentum is about to increase in the world, and God wants us to all be ready and available. And this scripture really struck out, stuck out at for me, Luke 10 verses 2 and 3. This is what Jesus said. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you. There's the pray and the go. It's you and it's me. Reminder, Church Unlimited City, this city is part of your personal harvest field. Your family is, your workplace is. And, and last year, um, I shared, I have planted you here, what I felt the Lord say, to, to evangelize the campus. And this is part of your mandate. And every one of us needs to take ownership of this, not just leave it to the leaders. You know, Billy Graham said this, I don't need a successor. Only willing hands to accept the torch for the next generation. Are your hands willing? Will you just lift them up to Jesus in surrender and say, Lord, 
I am willing to whatever you want to do. I am available. I surrender all. Because this is the era of the greatest harvest and move on the, of the spirit that we've ever seen on the earth. So we need to catch God's heart and just catch that fire so that we, every one of us, will pray and go. That's a good word and a challenging word. I think the big problem in the Western church, uh, the strategy of the enemy is to get us to live for ourselves. Uh, it's very easy in the West because in the Western world, we have a self-indulgent society. Uh, we have narcissism, which is me first, look at me. The whole social media thing is look at me, aren't I wonderful? And people are portraying a false image because the reality is you know, life's got tough bits to it. And so I think one of the things you and I have to overcome in a Western setting, if you talk to Christians in China, they don't have this problem because they face persecution. In fact, a fresh wave of persecution is hitting China right now. And a lot of the pastors are very happy about that because they say, well, you know, when, when we didn't have persecution, people got soft. People actually came to church uh, to just watch the leaders do the stuff. But actually, we want a church, they say, where everybody's praying, everybody's reaching out, everybody's playing their part. And don't you think that's the kind of church Jesus died for? He didn't die for a church that would be a group of spectators. And so I think in the Western culture, you and I have to realize what we're fighting. Praise God for our freedom. Praise God for the blessings of living in a, a free Western world where we're not under persecution. I think, you know, let's be grateful to God for that. But the thing that we have to really combat in the Western world is lukewarmness, self-indulgence, and just living for worldly pleasures. And, you know, God richly supplies us with all things to enjoy, so it's great to enjoy life and enjoy everything the Father gives us. But I know He once said to me as I was grappling with, well, Lord, it's one thing to enjoy life and another thing to really give our lives to the King. He said, David, just major, keep the major things the major and the minor things the minor. And I think the kingdom, the proclamation of the gospel always have to be major. Uh, son in the purple shirt sitting near the pillar. I, I just feel like the fire of the Holy Spirit's going to get a hold of you. You will give your life to the cause of the kingdom. You are not going to give your life to the making of money, to success and prosperity. But if you will seek first the kingdom of God, those things will be added to you. You know, God turned up with King Solomon one day. He's the new king. He says, ask anything you want and I'll give it to you. And Solomon says, Lord, I don't know how to lead your people. Give me wisdom. And God said, you've asked a really good thing. Because you've asked for that, I'm going to give you everything else as well. I feel like you need to know God's going to give you everything else as well. But as you seek first the kingdom, you make that your priority. It's that's when those things will fall and you'll find the resources will be used for the kingdom of God. Um, this young man here in the brown top, you know, you pray for fire, son. Because the fire of the Holy Spirit needs to burn in you for the coming next 12 months is a really crucial time. And you guys together, is that right? The next 12 months, God is going to set uh, something in place for the future years and decades of your lives. 
And right now, for that to happen, you need to be grappling with the Holy Spirit in prayer, saying, God, we're ready to be positioned. We're willing, whatever you want to do in 2019, we're up for that. And if you will just seek God and keep seeking the Lord, you're going to find that the Holy Spirit will just position you. And don't worry about how it's been tough lately. Don't worry about that. God's a good God. He's a God of breakthrough. And I believe as I see you going to the place of prayer, God's going to really break through, amaze you with what he does in and through your lives. I just got a few words of knowledge to help identify people. For uh, there are, uh, There's a prophetic word for you. So just listen really carefully um, because you might find God is speaking. I just get the name Stacy. Does anyone here know someone called Stacy? Just lift your hand if you do. You do. Okay. Uh, uh, it's a woman. It's a woman. Okay. Maybe in her 30s. Yep. Okay. So you're the only one left that knows for Stacy. Okay. You're not called Stacy yourself, I presume. No, didn't think so. All right. Could you pass this on to her, please? Um, I, I don't know her, but um, I sense she's been going through a hard time recently, a really difficult time. And actually, one of the things she's been asking is, is it her fault? Is it her fault? And it's like the enemy is just trying to put a lot of guilt and condemnation on her. And uh, I felt like the Lord say, tell Stacy what's been happening is not her fault. Not her fault. Um, circumstances have been beyond her control. And uh, she needs to have faith in God that God is going to turn things around for her. So if you want to come at the end, I've got all that there. I can, you know, pass it on if you didn't get everything about that. Is there someone here you're really concerned about your son, your adult son? I think your son is maybe in his 20s or so. And right now you're really concerned about one of your sons, your adult sons. Just give me a wave if that's you. That's right down the back. Okay, God bless you. Um, you and there's someone else is there. Okay, well, there's a lot of sons people are concerned about right now. Okay, here, this, you'll know whether it's you. Here's a bit more information. He's definitely in his 20s, okay? He's in his 20s. Um, you fear he's making wrong decisions. You're afraid he's making wrong decisions. Okay, how's that? Is that relevant to how many now? A couple of you. You're afraid he's making wrong decisions and you feel you can't get through to him. But I want to tell you, if you pray, God's going to get through to him. Okay? So nagging won't work. Praying will. <laughs> I know what mothers are like. I know. I know. In fact, if you'll do a bit of fasting as well and praying, uh, but don't tell him what you're doing because that's like manipulates. But if you do some fasting and praying, you're going to see a change. You're going to see a real change in your son. Is there someone here you've, you've bought um, in recent times, maybe sometime this year, you bought yourself a, a blue jacket, a blue jacket, and you, you, like, you, know, you really like this blue jacket. Someone here that you've bought a blue jacket this year, anyone? Just wave at me if that's you. Nobody? I don't get that. You did? All right, thank you for being so slow to respond and making me sweat, you rascal. Okay, you bought a blue jacket. Um, I think it's a nice jacket, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really nice jacket, kind of almost like the vest. Um, I feel like the Holy Spirit's going to clothe you 
with the prophetic in this coming year. Uh, blue in prophetic symbolism is the color of revelation that comes out of heaven. And just like this jacket is a pleasure to wear, it's kind of like a best thing. Um, you feel good in it. Uh, you're going to feel at ease in the prophetic. God is going to clothe you with a greater prophetic anointing, a greater ability to hear from heaven. And it's going to feel comfortable, not strange. And I just see, I don't know if you flow in the prophetic at the moment, but you're just going to start flowing in the prophetic. There'll be an ease, there'll be a comfortability with it. Prophetic's always pressure because you, you give something to someone, you don't know whether you're right or wrong. There's always that pressure, but you're just going to know a confidence in the Holy Spirit of hearing His voice for this coming year. So every time you look at that jacket, remember this word and be encouraged. All right, what else have I got here? October the 15th. Um, is that a special date for somebody here, October the 15th? Just give me a wave, put your hand up, think about it. Is it a birthday? Is it an anniversary? Is it, did something special happen on that particular date? Just think through. Sometimes people think afterwards and they come and tell me. But anyone right now, October the 15th, that date means something to you? I don't see anybody. I don't think I'm wrong, so have a think about it and come back to me at the end. Um, I really think I'm right on that, October the 15th, so uh, sometimes people don't connect, um, but have a think. I may be wrong, but I don't think I am, so come and see me at the end. And finally, uh, is there someone here, you're really into dance? You're really into dance, just raise, don't, don't just do that, right? Is that you? You're, is that... You're really into dance. Um, okay, there's a song. Um, I think it's by Delirious. We're going to dance in the river. Talking about dancing in the river of the Holy Spirit. And dance is a passion of yours. You enjoy it. You enjoy the rhythm. You enjoy the movement. And like the Lord is saying, just as you enjoy that in the natural, He wants you to enjoy learning to dance in the river of the Holy Spirit. And what that means is dance brings joy to you. And the things of the Spirit are meant to bring joy. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And it's like God's just saying, I want you to go deeper into the river of my Spirit in this coming year. I want you to just get hold of the things of the Spirit. And, and you know, Ezekiel's river, I think it's Ezekiel 37 or 40, 47, is it? 47, maybe. A river that flows and it's He's first ankle deep, then knee deep, then waist deep, and then he's in over his head. It's like God saying, just go deep into the river of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit of God. Just ask him to give you revelation on that. I'm sure that he will. How many would have really liked a prophetic word? Just give me a wave. Just go read your Bibles. You'll get one. It'll be wonderful. That's true. It's like, <laughs> that was devious and mean, wasn't it? We love prophesying over people, and uh, but it just takes forever, and it makes a lot of spectators for people that don't get them. But anyway, we give a few as we can. Uh, we'll maybe do a few more tonight out west. Uh, this is the word I felt for you as a campus, and I really want to pick up something Greta said because I was feeling it in prayer this morning before we came. It is very easy as a city smaller campus to look to the big campus, which does resource you, praise God, and I think that's right and proper, uh, to, but to coast on the coattails of the big campus. In 
while we, we're under the leadership of Pastor Tark and the team there, and we submit to that, and, and the, the vision that is over all the campuses is a combined vision. We're on the same page. We have the same DNA. I do feel it's time, you know, after five years or more, that you as a campus rise in maturity. You rise with a sense of your own um, uh, owning what God wants you to do uh, in the city and for the city. And so this is the word that I gave, uh, that I felt the Lord say for you this morning, there is more. There is more. There is much more that the Lord wants to do among you and through you. Now, I believe this applies to everyone as an individual here, but I believe it applies to you corporately. And I felt like the Lord is giving you time as a church to align with his purposes so that he can release the more. I sense the devil has tried to shrink many of you in your faith and expectation. And I think for a number of you sitting here, when we were singing that song about miracles and breakthroughs, you were struggling to sing that. You were mouthing the words, but in your heart you were thinking, I haven't seen that. And I think the enemy has tried to shrink a number of us this morning in your faith and expectation, mainly through disappointment. Because if you haven't seen a prayer answered or a prophecy fulfilled or a breakthrough that has come that you'd been hoping for, it's very easy to let disappointment into your heart. And once disappointment gets in there, and if you let it stay there, disappointment will turn to disillusionment. And disillusionment can turn to cynicism where we become cynical. Oh, I've heard all that before. Yeah, miracles and breakthroughs, I've heard all that before. But really, my life is very different. And we, we allow a cynical attitude to come in, which is really just another way of saying unbelief, because we never dealt with disappointment. And you have to root the weed of disappointment out. I mean, we just planted a veggie garden. Already the weeds are growing up. Saying, yeah, you know, they're all the lovely plants, and, but yet the weeds are smiling at me every morning. I'm growing as well, and I know I've got to get in there and dig those weeds out. We need to dig out the weeds of disappointment because that is going to stop you going full on for God. And 2019 is going to be a full on year. I tell you what, we're going to have to learn to run with strength. You cannot I cannot coast or cruise through 2019 because it is going to be the one year leading into the 2020s and the 2020s is going to be the greatest decade in church history the world has ever seen. God is fixing to do things in the nations that we've never seen done before. And so we have this, this window of 14 months before we hit the 2020s and I tell you it's going to be full on so we need to shake off disappointment. Because disappointment brings a weariness. You know, the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, just says they slept. They didn't pray. And Jesus is praying. He's facing the cross. And he comes to them and he says, you know, couldn't you watch and pray an hour? He comes to them three times. Three times he finds them sleeping. But Matthew tells us why they were sleeping. They weren't just tired. It says they were exhausted from grief. Because Jesus had just told them he was going to die. And they were exhausted from the grief. And when you allow disappointment to get into your life, it, it's a grief that something hasn't happened. And what it will do is bring a weariness to your soul. 
it'll, it'll shut you down from going again. Well, I'm not going to risk being disappointed again. You know, Elijah prayed for a fire to come down on Mount Carmel. Six times he prayed, nothing happened. But his servant, he kept sending his servant to the top of the mountain, saying, is there any sign of the rain? Because he was praying that the drought would break. Many of you have been in a drought. Your kids have been in a drought. You haven't seen things happen. You haven't seen the rain come. But I want to tell you, if you'll go again to the top of the mountain, if you'll bow your face down to the ground and you'll pray and you'll seek God again, six times nothing happened. On the seventh time he prays, go again, he says to his servant. And the servant comes down and says, Master, Master, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. That's a pretty tiny cloud. But Elijah knew enough prophetically, when you get the seed of a breakthrough, the rest of it will come. Throw off the disappointment. There's more, there's much more. In fact, you know what I saw as I was praying the other day for this congregation? I saw many prayers, and they were like floating in space between earth and heaven. It's like, uh, like feathers. They were, they were like, they were just kind of, they weren't falling, they weren't rising, they were just kind of floating. They were just floating between heaven and earth. We were, we were driving in, uh, towards Melbourne Airport uh, a week or so ago and from out west of Melbourne, and there were these five balloons just floating over the city. They weren't even moving. They were just, they were just kind of stationary, just floating. I guess to look at the sunrise, because it was a very early time. And, and I felt like there's a number of you where your prayers are just floating between earth and heaven at the moment. And the thing about that is, if you don't pray, they will fall back to the earth unanswered if you give up. And some of you are on the verge of that. But if you keep praying, I saw them ascending to heaven and being answered. doesn't matter how long you need to pray. It doesn't matter how long it takes. If it takes a few years or even some decades, you keep praying for that prodigal son or daughter to come back to Jesus. You keep praying for that healing miracle. You keep praying for whatever it is that you're praying. We keep praying for revival in New Zealand. It looks like we're further away from it than ever before. But listen, I'm motivated to keep saying, God, send a move of the Spirit into the earth. If I don't see it in my generation, I don't mind the next generation sees it, my prayers will have helped bring it, but I have hope to see it in my lifetime. It's so easy in the West that we give up. We back off. Because, you know, in Western society, everything's designed to make life easy. Is that right? When you look at the appliances you have in your kitchen, a hundred years ago, your ancestors, man, they had to go out and fetch water. They didn't have microwaves to instantly heat stuff. Uh, they had a, a, what they called a safe on the side of the house that cool air blew through, and they kept a bit of stuff cool, and that was it. Well, this dates us now, doesn't it? Grayson and Catherine and uh, the old safe. They didn't have all that stuff, but we just live in a life of, of luxury. It's wonderful. I love it. Praise God. I love all that stuff. I love gadgets. I love it all. But my fear is that, we so easily give up when everything isn't in a microwave setting. 
I feel like to tell you, church, lift up the rod of prayer again, as Moses did. Capture again the spirit of faith that nothing is impossible for our God. The mountain may look huge that you're facing, the mountain of need. And the time for the answers you'd hoped for may be long gone. But you know what? The Lord is able to move great mountains, and he's able to resurrect dead hope. God wants to clothe you as a church with a spirit of faith and bold prayer. Ask boldly in this next season. Throw off any sluggishness. Be energized by the Holy Spirit. If you do this, then this will come to pass. Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might dare to ask or think. Infinitely more. I think like we were in the South Island last week. That was a word we had for a church down there. Infinitely more, I said, is going to define the next 20 years of your existence to that church. And as I'm sharing it this morning, I wouldn't say it's going to define the next 20 years of this church, but I'm declaring that something God is saying to you, there is infinitely more than what you're seeing. There's infinitely more that God can do in you, through you, and among you, personally and corporately, infinitely more. And we need to raise up our expectations, not in hype. I'm not into hype. Not over-promising. I know that the kingdom comes through violent struggle, through perseverance, through tenacity. Sometimes God does things instantly and quickly, but many times it's hanging in, persevering. And if you will do that, you will see infinitely more. And not only that, Father God will be so pleased with the persevering faith that you've developed within your heart. Because you know the thing that pleases God is faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, that's a statement right there. So if you're going to live by sight, you're going to live in the cruisy comfort of a Western society and not have faith, if you're going to panic every time you've got a need and, and it, it overwhelms you, that's an opportunity for your faith to grow, for my faith to grow. Yes, you lose your job and you panic, where am I going to get the money? That's an opportunity for you to believe God for a better job. And if it takes weeks or months that you're going to get it because you know God is faithful and promised, He'll give you your daily bread if you ask Him. And I feel like God's saying, come on, elevate your faith. Can you have faith for yourself, for your family, for infinitely more in the coming year? Can you have faith for this city, for infinitely more in this coming year? Can you have faith for a whole nation that God could do something infinitely more than we could ever dare to ask or think? Can I, I know some of you are feeling like, oh, David, you're making me feel guilty, good. Guilt is healthy. Guilt is from the Holy Spirit. You know, shame, that's the devil's language. Shame says you're pathetic, you're a hopeless prayer, you're lazy, you're asleep. The devil will tell you all that. Holy Spirit doesn't speak like that. But he says he does convict through, oh, should be praying more, should be believing more. That's called guilt and conviction. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'm glad God convicts me and disciplines me because I know my tendency 
I love comfort and ease. I love lying on the couch, watching movies, eating popcorn, you name it. I love that. That is a life of ease. That's just bliss. I love that stuff. But I know that I can't live on the couch all my life. I've got to get off the couch and I've got to walk up and down the lounge floor calling on God and praying and seeking God. And I think today it's time some of us got off the couch and sought God that those prayers that are floating between heaven and earth get to heaven and that he is able to do infinitely more than we could ever dare to ask or think. So I'll leave you with that word. And uh, if you're feeling really guilty, you just say to Pastor Julian, please don't have them back again. Uh, just I want to stay in my lovely, comfortable little world. And the prophets come in and stir us up. It's not fair. And uh, please, can we go back? <laughs> I know you'll never do that. You're far too spiritual to do that. Just before we pray over that, I want to make sure everyone here knows the Lord Jesus because what I'm talking about is utterly irrelevant to you if you don't know Jesus. You know, Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, Our iniquities have made a separation between us and our God, and our sins have hid his face from us so that he does not hear. God will not answer prayer from a person whose sins have never been forgiven, who've never come to Jesus. The only prayer he'll ask, answer from a person uh, whose sins have never been forgiven, is when they actually ask God, forgive me. When we continue to live in sin, when we continue to just live in rebellion, then we find that the Lord is unable to hear our cry. And that's why Jesus died on a cross for us, because nobody on planet Earth's perfect, and everybody in this room has done wrong things. But the beautiful thing is Jesus died in your place. He gave his life for you that you could be forgiven, you could be set free. And the Bible puts it like this, as many that receive Jesus, who believe in his name, he gives them power to become children of God. Wow, you don't become a child of God by being religious, by going to church, by doing good. Those are all things we do as Christians, but we become a child of God when we receive Jesus into our hearts. See, you haven't been saved by your own effort, by your own works, being saved by his grace. And this morning, uh, I want to give an opportunity for anyone here. You've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you once did, but you've walked right away from God. And to know, you know that today God is calling you back to himself. Can we just close our eyes to help us concentrate this morning? And uh, I'm going to ask you if you need to give your life to Jesus or come back to him this morning. Would you just quickly raise your hand right where you're sitting? Just hold it up high. I'll spot it, acknowledge it, then you'll be able to put it down. Is there anyone who's saying, yeah, I need Jesus in my life or I need to come back to him? Just quickly raise your hand in the air right now. Often fear will stop you at this point. But just uh, Jesus said, if you confess me before people, I'll confess you before my father. Just quickly overcome any fear. Throw your hand up in the air. Say, yeah, that's me, David. I'm giving my life to Christ or I'm coming back to him. Is there anyone as I just scan the room one last time? I don't see anyone. Okay, church, let's stand. Let's all stand up. Maybe music team, if you'd like to come. How many want to see those prayers get to heaven? I really feel that. It's such a picture that stuff we've been praying for, it's just kind of floating there. It just needs another push, some more pushing.
and they're going to get there, and God's going to bring answers, wonderful answers, and, and we give him the time, and uh, thank you, Lord. Do you want to sing something, Julian? Let's sing something, and we'll come back and pray at the end. Mm-hmm.